Hello, everybody. I'm Del Shores. And I'm Emerson Collins, and this is the Dell and Emerson Show. Straight talk. Real gay. <laughs> I should go you know, straight talk. That's, all, um, there's, that's right. There's all kinds. You are you there, your performance of masculinity, femininity, anywhere in between. Anything. anything. Oh, Wasn't that exciting? Fun. I love that beginning. I know. Hi, Del Shores. Uh, our big Southern Baptist Sissies live stream is on Sunday. Everybody better be planning to attend. Yes, they better. There's lots of surprises and fun. And and just, I'm so excited, Emerson, you sending me all the clips that you're working on. It's just, it's just it made me giddy and emotional. Y'all, it's going to be fun. We do, I mean, all of the entire film cast is showing up to say hi. We've got the four movie sissies together, Willem. Matthew, Luke, we got the original, original cast, Rosemary, Newell, and we got Leslie with both of his Odettes, Dale Dickey and Ann Walker. We got original sissies from the per first play production, Robert Louis Stevenson, Michael Taylor Gray, yes. Ted Dattweiler, Scott Presley, Roger from the Beehive, Tommy Wolfel. I mean, y'all. Did you say Ted Detweiler or did I? Did uh -huh. I? And, and, and we have a, we have live performances, yes? Yes, from the soundtrack, Debbie Holiday's going to sing that dive song I love so much. Levi Christ, of course, will be singing Stained Glass Window, the theme song. So, y'all, seriously, seriously, Sunday, August 22nd, 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. The links are live. Go to the Dell Shores Foundation YouTube. Go to Dell's Facebook page. Go to the Foundation Facebook page. And plan to be with us. And you know what? And plan to be with us and plan to donate. I just got today, Emerson, I got a check in the mail from... Brenda L. Smith, and, oh. she, and it says to celebrate Erica Kobich's birthday. Erica, oh. Erica put up a birthday, uh, uh, you know, yes. one of those things on Facebook, Facebook to benefit this night. So, oh, I yay. So thank you, that Brenda. So exciting. And y'all, yes, let's be clear. It's a big old reunion, but it is for a good cause. And we know funds can be tight. But whether it's a dollar, five, a hundred, several thousand, if you've got it, the money is going to support... 25 of our nonprofit theater partners that we did the live stream for last year and to fund the inaugural Del Shores Foundation Writer Search for LGBTQ plus Southern writers now open for submissions through the end of the year. I love it. And I love it. And one last thing, because I've been working with Rosemary Alexander and some of you probably got letters about the ambassador circle. We are up to 21. Thank you. If you have already accepted that, uh, that, it's, I guess it's an obligation. So thank you so much. And uh, and we just welcome anybody who will be an ambassador. Yes. Well, and in general, how are you, Del Shores? I'm doing pretty good. I mean, I've been rushing around all day. I drove for the first time since my surgery today, which was, uh, y'all, so stay off the roads. I was about uh, to say, y'all, it was risky at the best of times. It was risky. There are people who will not drive in the same car with me. So I just want y'all to know. Uh, and, and many who say, watch the road, watch the road. Remember I when I told like you about how I got anxiety pills? I never thought about how much that could be a contributing factor. Y'all should know that the mirrors on Del Shore's car are just decorative. That's, I do this kind of thing. I don't know. Does anybody else do this where you, where you, uh, you're talking to that person in the back seat? My, now people do this, you know, looking up. I kind of do this. Uh, and Emerson would be. Yes. For those of you listening at home later on Spotify or iTunes, he looked fully over his shoulder what the car moving forward. Say, so I always volunteer. Doll always says, I could drive. And I say, no, it's fine. But guess what? What I got my good drivers thing back on my insurance file. Well, that shows you that is some nonsense if ever there was. <laughs> you know, that's like a, a driving participation certificate. I have attended. I have hoodwinked Mercury <laughs> Insurance right. Company. Well, we have the same insurance agent, so I'm not gonna tell them, but I'm just saying, oh look. Kelly, hi Kelly on YouTube. She just donated. So sorry, it's not more. No, oh. we meant it. We said every little bit. Everyone give of their own means. So, um, um, and you have a house guest. I do. I'm so excited. We have our amazing producing partner. You know, if you 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 you've often heard Beard Collins Shores Productions. Well, Louise Beard, the our beard. We call her our beard. She is in the back bedroom right now watching the show. I love you, Louise. And I love- Hi, Lulu. I love, love cooking you so for much. you. I love 
chatting with you. And I love that my dogs are just nuts for you. Ed just came up with a slogan for your driving. Like a good neighbor, drivers beware. <laughs> Thank you, Ed. You know, Ed, here's, I love parody. The word lyrics. is out. I, I walk around the house annoying Blake all the time, making up lyrics to like Frozen. And it is the sign of good parody lyrics when you have the exact same number of syllables as the thing you're parodying. You know, if you have to like hurry a syllable, it's not a good parody, but that was perfect. Like a good neighbor, drivers beware. That's good. That. That's a good one. Yeah. Well, I had, uh, you know, <laughs> this is so bonkers. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Let me right. act like, let me act really like I, and what's happening in your life, Emerson? Well, thank you. I just know that if I don't get around to it, y'all, the vast majority of people in my life, if you don't jump in when they take a breath, you're not ever telling a story. So, <laughs> look, I don't wait. They used to say, you know, when you go on a first date with someone, wait and see how long it takes to them to say, oh, and you tell me about you. 95% of my friendships wouldn't exist if that's how I treated them. They say in the gay world, it's let me tell me about you. How big is you? No. Yeah. Uh -huh. yeah, very. The So because it's bonkers getting this live stream ready and Blake is leaving town tomorrow for Mississippi for three months and we're leaving next week for Texas and I got to like take my car into the shop and do all this crap. So we did our weekend this past weekend on Thursday and Friday so I could work on the live stream all weekend. So we went up to Ojai on Thursday for a fancy French wine tasting at some fancy ass resort that's like 1500 a night. We did not stay there. We stayed at a cute little like adult camp away cabins that were wood paneling with an in-room jacuzzi tub, which we did use, it's very cute. But yeah, I mean, I have been to a lot of wine tastings even though I don't like wine. They were fully set up. This wasn't like, here's the wines from our vineyard, we taste it, then buy a bunch, please. This woman, sommelier, was like, oh, I ordered the last six bottles of this French wine in all of California. And this is where it's for all these fancy things. The head chef of the resort cooked things to go with the cheeses. There was like each of your individual cheeses for each of the wines was laid out. It was like, here's some roasted grapes and here's an onion marmalade that he made. And y'all, I sat there and I tasted every one of those wines. Now they were all terrible. But the cheeses were just fantastic. <laughs> I just love that you just, because we we obviously have talked about this before because Emerson does not drink and it's not because he's ever had a problem or anything. He just doesn't like the taste of alcohol, which I just find ludicrous, uh -uh. Uh, especially being around me and so many of us and Ann Walker. Uh, Everyone loves it because I can always drive the car. And Blake, I mean, you you know, I know he loves his wine. So it, you, but you did add that everybody else thought they were good. And they really did say it was truly, and the and the thing was amazing. This eighty year old woman and her daughter were having their birthday. We were friendly with them, and then they felt a little too comfortable, and then we had to say stop talking to us. Um, oh, well, you know, I'm in. I've been in a mood lately in public post pandemic. I am leaning in with positive energy towards people, but also then there's too much, you know, it's like, oh, that was cute. But like, quit turning around and drink your juice, Shelby. Um, oh, I thought they were homophobic or something. So no, they just, you know, it's like, oh, ha ha, we're making jokes. But now like, I don't want to tell you my life story. We're about to leave. I will never see you again. Bye. But I have to say, I wouldn't mind seeing an 80 year old getting a little drunk. But she was definitely amusing. It was one of their birthday. And this was a Thursday afternoon at two o'clock. Jesse's with me, said, I don't like the taste either, Emerson. I'm sorry, all of y'all drinking a bunch of moldy grape juice, like that makes it fancy. Same things with the cheeses, uh-uh. Give me squeezed cheese, cheddar, a good Gouda, some goat cheese, some brie, but once it's moldy on the outside, that shit has gone bad, throw it away. It's, you're kind of like Sansa on, um, in, yes. in, in Got. Yes. Uh, like, that, I'm loving every week your Game of Thrones references from six years ago. Uh, <laughs> They are so current. So current. <laughs> she does not like the wine. She <laughs> does not. Uh, and then on Friday night, we drove to Long Beach to the executive suite down there. Morgan McMichaels hosts a huge drag show there, has, and it was huge during the pandemic. They set up in the patio outside. It's cute because you're at tables right next to the liquor store. And the show was Delta Work, doing olden timey, something I'd never heard of. Pandora Box. Are we doing who? Some olden timey, like, I don't worry about the modern children. She's not doing Olivia Rodrigo. She was like, this is some spoken word nonsense from 60 years ago. Uh, Pandora Box, Morgan McMichaels, Tynomi Banks from Canada's Drag Race, and Jackie Cox was in town. 
I'm oh, like wow. in UCLA with her and they've been friends for a long time and her husband's birthday. But it, we drove two hours in traffic to sit in a parking lot to watch mature professional drag. And it was just like, that's God, a great lineup though. Oh my God. I love, I mean, Morgan McMichaels, I love her so damn much. Nobody, when I tell you, she introduces me and Blake at every one of her shows, like we're famous, which is not true. The homosexuals are always like, who, what, why are you here? Who cares? Uh, and she gives me a better introduction of my credits, my actual credits, than anyone at any event we've ever been to. Oh, my God. Well, you know what I love? Besides the fact that, uh, same thing. I mean, I've been in shows where she's just like, oh, my, she she loves our world. She loves Sorted Lives. Yes. She, but um, don't get in a pissing match with Morgan McMichaels on no. Facebook. Uh -oh. oh, no, 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 no. She will you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I, I mean, we will not mention who it was, but another queen got mad about something in Palm Springs, and woo, she let them have it with uh -huh. great words. Nope, I, my very first time to a homo bar. I learned, do not cross a drag queen with a microphone, a platform, or a spotlight. Mm -hmm. That's right. Well, y'all, yeah. what we're supposed to do here is the LGBTQ news and nonsense. We got a big old show today. School board bigots, below deck med, a Cox constituent concerned, break the binary sense. Backstats, George Decay, Hobby Lobby, Robin, By Wonder, Graham Norton, Queer Trees, Horny Sculptors, and more. And we appreciate y'all listening, whether you're watching live on Facebook or YouTube or listening back later on iTunes or Spotify. As always, write us a review on iTunes. It helps. Uh, and I'm going to get on to this first story, I guess. Go. Go for it. A quick piece. Y'all remember, for five years, poor Charlotte, North Carolina tried to do right by us, passed a non-discrimination ordinance, caused a huge kerfuffle, five years of delays, um, and they tried to pass that one and the Republican state legislators got all mad, prohibited it, trans bathroom panic, they lost all those sporting events, concerts, conferences. Mm -hmm. The AP did an analysis, and because of that bullshit bathroom fear-mongering, it cost North Carolina $3.76 billion. Billions. Bigotry's bad for business. Well, bigotry in the big billions. How's that? Yeah. Bigotry in the billions. Uh-huh. And Governor Roy Cooper struck a deal getting rid of the trans bathroom provision, but it also prohibited local governments from enacting new ordinances until 2020. Well, that deadline has passed. Charlotte's new ordinance finally applies to all employers, includes a public accommodation, sexual orientation, gender identity, gender expression, pregnancy, and natural hairstyles, because racism against Black people's literal hair as protected classes, and it goes into effect later this year. So it was a long journey, but Charlotte finally got it. And what a horrible thing to have to trade for. Yeah. I, I mean, just awful. It's just crazy. Well, you know, if we can't hit you in, you know, basic sense of human decency, we'll hit you in your pocketbook. Fine. Good. You know, and uh -huh. and, and just com complain about it, y'all. Complain after it happens. Like, you're in the right. You're not. Don't be so proud of your fucking ignorance. Okay, onward. Uh, the school board in Newburgh, Oregon, voted this week to ban pride and BLM flags, signs, and clothing, and other items considered political. Uh, parents and staff in the district called uh, from pride and BLM items uh, to be allowed. They let us have them. Let us have them. And they said, "My it makes minority students feel safe. And the board said, mm, no, four people, four, four assholes voted against it, three uh, for it. Uh, one woman who opposed it said the BLM and the LGBTQ ideology and curriculum are shattering innocence of the children, promoting racial divide. And I, I just assume she moved from Alabama to Oregon uh, and, and negatively uh, impacting the lives of our children forever. Scoreboard, a scoreboard, school board director Brian Shannon asked his fellow board members for the ban and also to ban teachers from wearing BLM and pride clothing while at work in response. Now, this is where it gets good, y'all. There's this local farmer, and who would think a farmer would do this? He said, I'm going to do something about this. So he posted on Reddit, Reddit, and he said, I live in Newburgh. Hey, we don't know whether it was a man or a woman. It says they all through this story. We don't know the farmer. Did I say he? I assumed yeah. it was a male. Isn't that, that's kind of like misogynistic of me. I'm exactly. So they posted on Reddit and said, I live in Newburgh on a farm that sits overlooking the town with a clear view of the high school. 
we decided yesterday to paint a pride flag on the roof of our barn. We're just waiting for it not to be a hundred degrees and we can get started hopefully by Sunday. They're watching the weather. Uh, so in addition to the pride flag on the roof, they decided to add huge letters spelling love in rainbow stripes on posts in their pasture that you could see from the highway. Oh my God. I love this so much. So through donations the yes. are almost covered. Isn't that great? I love it so much. It makes me think of uh, Frances McDormand and three billboards outside of Ebbing, Missouri. Like yes. if she had a pride flag, a trans flag and a big old bi flag and just said, you know, like that sort of, we're going to, we're going to be angry and loving at the same time. I just love that. Everybody's going to see this every day. And there'll be some kids at that school who genuinely are lifted by like that demonstration. Yeah. You know what? That's a great idea, Emerson. I think, cause I, you know, it, we're, we're about to go cross country through a few red states we're not traveling together by the way i'm taking my three little bitches with me i don't know if our friendship would survive diet i'm not sure either and and, and or with with with, <laughs> with me driving so y'all i will I, I may have to post what highways i'm going to be on so y'all could stay off the road well uh, also y'all you know it's the, like the designated survivor right like one cabinet member has to be not at the state of the union right. in case yeah because i'm the designated sorted survivor so so if if something were to happen to me then you have to direct that play by yourself uh but but my point was that you know how you see those uh, like especially down in, I, I don't know it's it's when i tour tennessee and georgia you always see like a jesus is coming soon and all these these big, uh -huh. it wouldn't it be great just to have the next billboard have a pride just a, yes. just a pride flag yes absolutely y'all get on that southern boys and girls you put it right behind it love wins that was also one of Jesus's messages. I'd make some aggressive, aggressive, aggressive billboard just past their hateful one. Um, I know James Grady was saying that Eastern, that, that, there's a lot of conservatives out in, you know, in the, in the Eastern part, I believe of Oregon. If people don't realize there's a lot of conservatives up in the Pacific Northwest. When oh, you get no, up that, remember they wanted to, um, they wanted to leave Oregon and, uh, was it Idaho? Yeah, they wanted to to uh, like a piece. Of, they were trying to be a part of Idaho. They wanted to uh, remap everything so that uh, it could potato. Uh, it it happen. I know that's shocking. Secession everywhere. Shut up, lazy people. Um, y'all, with that People's Couch show I did four years ago, I am still a super Bravo fan, so I still watch all the Bravo shows and comment on them just in my own living room and make and irritate Blake. But the current season of Below Deck Mediterranean had a really cool scene in the last episode. There is this delightful man, uh, Lloyd Spencer, who's one of the deck crew uh, and just the sweetest guy. He's had, y'all can always tell when I'm like trying to find the image. Here he is. I want you to see him. He is just the most delightful man um, on the boat. And they were all hit the town, got a little tipsy, and they came back. And he got to sort of tearing up about a boat that he worked on. And there was a captain that called him presumably faggot. It was bleeped, but that seemed like the thing. Um, and he admitted in the moment, he said, I'm 90% straight so that he's, you know, on a spectrum of sexuality. And it was so sweet because the entire rest of the deck crew immediately like, embraced him. They were loving to him. You know, we so welcome here. And of course, excited that he was comfortable enough to share. He talked about it later, though, because they clearly had that next morning. Oh, gosh, what did I say? And he said, I was absolutely not planning on opening up about that whatsoever. It was purely an in-the-moment thing, the level of comfort and security I felt around them, and the topics of conversation that had previously been discussed that evening was a big factor in that. I think the greatest thing was when I woke up in the morning and I was worried. You wake up, hungover, you realize you said that on television, and it's going to be aired, and every single one of them came up to me throughout the next day and offered their support again. Mm. I love that. You know, he talked about he had friend groups where that was where he basically said where I couldn't I could never have said that. Um, and I feel so excited for him. It reminded me the below deck that we did that Blake and Scott and I went on in season four. One of the guys on that crew came out as uh, flexible and he had done different things and he was dating a trans woman. And I was just sort of 
celebrating mm. these people being willing and able to open up about themselves. And he's so cute. And it was just so nice and sweet. And the world's been very positive in response. And I think particularly guys that are maybe less exploring of where they might be on the spectrum, that that kind of representation is really good and exciting to see as well, you know? I do too. I, I also think it it's inspiring. Uh, I, I recently got um, a letter, a, a DM on Instagram, and uh, this young lesbian was so scared to come out to her mother. And I said, and she said, she, I mean, it wasn't like I was saying, do it, don't, because I, I say, that's up to you. I always say that. But she had said she was going to do it and knew that she was risking losing her mom, who was a big evangelical. And I just assured her, you know, when you do, you're going to get a lot of support and you're going to find this other family. And I just love that when 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 people come out and they they do get a, a lot of arms wrapped around them. So. Yes. Um, John Martin, poor our sweet regular John Martin. Look at Lloyd's pretty franchise. John's struggling between the YouTube and the Facebook. We're all getting through it today, y'all. Is it is it is it bad? No, is his it? personal. No, his personal. Oh, I see. I see. Y'all, I was just gonna say earlier when we were talking about the live stream, y'all, thoughts and prayers, technical. We just always hold our breath till the end of the show. <laughs> it really is. Y'all, you want to talk about why I take these anxiety pills. <laughs> I live in a constant state of, of if if something goes wrong, it's all my fault. I live in a constant state of I did it all. All the pieces are there, so like yay. But also like if I don't know what to do, well, good luck, y'all. Give us the it's money. It's gonna be great. And, and and Caroline Ray's not a part of this, and that's always a struggle for her to get into a Zoom or. I, or keep any kind of focus on a plan. I love her so much. All right. Uh, this is a funny, funny story. And just, I mean, I, Emerson, I was thinking about us because we, we, we were doing the sissies. I went back and I looked at some of the letters and I got some hate mail with Southern Baptist sissies, but I don't think I ever got anything this entertaining. It's just, um, I thought you'd enjoy this monologue. It's just amazing. So Utah Governor Spencer Cox COX, by the way, posted a letter on Twitter he uh, received from a constituent about his name. He said, really grateful for the criticism and constructive feedback I get from constituents that demand, check notes, to change my name. Now, here's the letter, y'all. Dear Governor Cox, I do not know if you know this, but when people say your surname, it sounds a lot like the word cock. It's obscene. Us decent people here in Utah will not stand for it. The Honorable Republican Party will not stand for it. Most importantly, I will not stand for it because of your reluctance to change your foul, dirty, and obscene surname. Myself and thousands of other U Utahans, 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 I don't know, will be sitting in protest, not standing until you change your heinous surname to something less offensive. This is a social justice issue and we will not be denied basic human decency. If our civil request is not met, we will assemble and do what democracy has made to do by recalling you from office because of your filthy surname. This is not a communist dictatorship. This is the great state of Utah. Now that sentence was all in caps. We do not accept sick jokes to run rampant in our civil institutions. We demand a response to this letter and we expect to hear back from your office very soon. Love, a very concerned citizen. I think this was a joke. Here's the thing, they talked about it and like his staff was like, we really don't think it is. Cause they were like, of course we get these kind of things. Another candidate in California for somewhere named Cox said he gets them as well. And I just imagine, you know, I wish that he had married a liberated woman whose last name was Moore. More Cox. Uh-huh. So that Cox. she could be hyphenated. Could it be Mora? Mora Cox? Why not just more? More. I've never heard that. And Mora, Mora Cox. What I said, I said I wish her last name. And oh, she, her last name. It would be hyphenated. Oh, I see. So M, like Melba. Like Melba. Like the Moore Coxes. I get it. Okay. Like Susan Moore Cox. And I insist, like I insist, I want this hyphenated name. 
Yes, correct. I am not relinquishing my name. We are not doing a portmanteau. Uh, can you imagine taking that time out of your day? And also, what is how horny are you? That must be someone who's not married and saving themselves for marriage still at like 53 or something. To just the word cox being like, oh, sin. Well, I have said this before when I was growing up at our church, our song leader, who was very effeminate and married, his name was Brother Cox. And I found that hysterical. I mean, I do agree that Cox is a social justice issue. So, I, I mean, I am with them on some of this. I love that last. There we go. Douglas has it. Aida Cox. Aida Cox. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> That's uh, great. But also like, oh my gosh, you know, it explains so much. This person went to the whole effort to write this letter. Love, a very, with love. love. Always That's with love. Like when I do that with, you know, the bigots. And then I go in his name. As in Mandy Moore said in Saved, when she threw that back, I am filled with Christ's love. One of my favorite lines of all time. That's a great uh, line. Just a fun little cute thing because this uh, scent beauty has joined the Fluid Project in Sephora for a new fragrance campaign called Hashtag Break the Binary. It is five fragrances named Integrity, Humanity, Balance, Transcend, and Intention, all created to be inclusive of queer and trans people. Model writer and advocate Devin Norell, who's the face of Transcend, uh, said it's very exciting and unprecedented. I think we already know that LGBTQ people are the future of fashion and beauty. Two other trans models are featured in the campaign. Yen Nguyen is the face of balance and Mila Jam is the face of humanity. They're available at scentbeauty.com or at Sephora. And I loved that because thinking about it, it's very weird that we like say that smells are gender. Yes. Like there they are. Um, you know, Love like where whatever perfume or cologne makes you happy. Do you ever have that thing where people say, you gotta put it on your skin that you're, you're, body chemistry changes the smell well that's true for me you know what yes i like things go very they go darker on me quickly my dad worked the fragrance counter at macy's for christmas one year for extra money i learned a lot about it uh and so i went and i was like i don't wear colognes very often and this woman was like what happens i was like it goes kind of dark she goes let me try this i said what is it she said i'm not going to tell you sprayed it so let it sit for a second wave your arm around, you know, let it settle in and I'll sniff. It's like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. Let my brother smell it. That's great. What is it? It was Paris Hilton's cologne for men. Oh. Y'all, I bought Paris Hilton's cologne in 2004. Is it, it still, <laughs> does she still make it? Well, I don't know, but I've still got that same bottle in there. I just don't wear it very often. Yeah, I know you know, you're not a big cologne person. Just being in like high school and I don't know, you're like, you're uncomfortable with your body and smells weird, but I don't have a strong smell and it's just a lot of work to remember. I like, um, I wear, I like um, Isi Miyake for evening wow. and I like chrome during the day. I have a few things and I just joined this thing called Scentbird and you get a different fragrance every month. I had, I was big with that Burberry for a while in college. Uh, did Polo Ralph Lauren in high school. I did Polo, I think we all did. Oh, that cool water back in middle school, that Davidoff cool water. Y'all remember before they changed the recipe and it was like everywhere for a while. It was so sweet. Just be like rubbing yourself on magazines. Do they still do that? Put fragrances in women's magazines? I think so. I think you can open it up and, you know. I, know, I think though, you open that and like rubbing that paper on your neck or something. It just seems sort of tacky. Oh, Xana, yes. And that's what I always remember. Calvin Klein, that CK collection was unisex. That was yes. the first time I remember, like CKB and all of those that were like- I wore that for a while. Wear what you like. Ed just said, you need a Sorted Lives fragrance, but I don't know that mashed potatoes and fried chicken is the greatest cologne. I had this friend one time with mashed potatoes and fried chicken. I love it. I love it. I love it. When you are just gone and then you got halfway into that. You can't mix them. You have to have two separate ones. And then heard what I said. What about some gravy? No, that's <laughs> gravy's only for late night. That's an after dark scent only. How, how about, um, let's see, like Juanita's beer, just a beer fragrance. It just oh, like, Those beer candles are bad enough. Can no, you imagine just walking around smelling like stale beer? Like, come and get this PBR off my neck. Let's be honest. Vera's candle that smelled like bacon was pretty good. I it just, was. 
You know what? You, you, know, you know how you make beer cologne? You just pour a beer on yourself because that's going to smell longer and stronger than any cologne that smells like beer. If y'all don't know what we're talking about, we had like these sorted live, sorted with sorted wedding. We had these candles. Our friend, and our Ed friend Barron. Ed Barron made. Yes. So, so Ed, uh, you can get them on Amazon still, right? You can go and get sorted wedding candles on Amazon or you go. Oh, I think they're on my website, uh, delshores.com. Yeah. Throw some, throw, throw some, uh, throw some, uh, scents around some bacon. If you want a bacon candle, get Vera's. That's right. All right. We've reached the halfway house of our show and we appreciate y'all tuning in. If you're somebody with more money than you know what to do with, and you want to send us a tip for the quality quality content we bring you. Uh, you can send us a tip on Venmo to at Emerson Collins or on PayPal to beardcollinshoresproductions at gmail.com. Thank you to Ray, Kelly, Michael, Bradford, and Rob, who have all already tipped today. We, that's Thank you guys. And I want to be a big, big shout out to, to John E. Hartman, who sent us a very, very nice check this uh, week. Thank you, Johnny. That, this like the Johnny, I love, I love it. It's John E., is his middle initial Hartman has sent us several, several checks during the pandemic. And we are so grateful. And yes, y'all, for those of you who can't, we appreciate and understand a review and a share. It's just as good, but John E has taken care of some of your contributions as well. He's, we're incredibly grateful. And very clever. They always are, have something to do with 3209 in a, in a, we have to, we literally have to do some math to figure it out sometime. It makes me so happy. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, this is uh, this was very interesting to me. I actually, you know, Emerson does this show. He puts it all together. And I said, I, I read this and I was very proud of our community because new study with 15,000 LGBTQ adults commissioned by the Human Rights Campaign Foundation has found that 92% of LGBTQ adults have been vaccinated or at least received one dose of a current available vac vaccine. Uh, the CDC determined that 70% of the general adult population in the US has gotten at least one dose of the vaccine. And this morning on CNN, I believe it's 50.8% have had uh, are fully vaccinated now. We finally reached 50%. Uh, Community Marketing and Insights uh, Senior Director of Research, David Paisley said, there are many reasons why LGBTQ plus vaccination rates may be higher than the general population, including higher percentage of the LGBT community being liberal, living in the blue states and living in urban areas. 30%, no, 36%, excuse me, of those surveyed had had a close friend or family sick with COVID and 21% have actually lost a family member or a friend to COVID, uh, broken out by ethnicity, 70%, I mean, 17%, white, 30%, uh, Latinx, 25% uh, black, 25% uh, Native American and Middle Eastern North African, 18% or AAPI. And interestingly, you know, that's super exciting for our community. And it got me thinking about how we're all responding to all of this. George Takei, I want to know everyone's thoughts on this because I think it's complicated. Uh, he tweeted on Friday this tweet. Now, I want to put it up so you can read it as I read it. Uh, that was definitely um, not an uncommon sentiment, but on the aggressive end, he said, the willfully unvaccinated who wind up in hospitals from COVID should not receive priority medical care over other very sick or injured people who are as much in urgent need of care. He followed it up saying, anti-vaxxers think they are owning us liberals by refusing to get vaccinated. But as the kids say, this is an epic self-own. Now, there's a huge response to this tweet. Conservative grifters tried to make it seem like he was racist using a New York Times article with stats saying only 27% of young black New Yorkers are fully vaccinated. Many say they fear that during these uncertain times, they could not trust the government with their health, trying to link his dismissal of unvaccinated people in the hospital with being racist against black people. Many others, including some gay conservatives, tied it to the idea in the 80s and the 90s that gay men should not receive priority care uh, or sympathy living with HIV because it was their choice to practice sodomy. But other progressives and liberals said, how can we be for healthcare for all 
if you're talking about a prioritization system. So I'm very curious, and the big news right before the show, right, that you wanted to share, uh, Go Governor Greg Abbott out of Texas, uh, they've just announced that he has COVID. Yeah, and I wanted, I told Emerson, and I, you know, and I'll, I said it privately, but I'm just gonna say it publicly. I said, is, is it wrong that I'm kind of happy that Greg Abbott has COVID right now after he has been just awful all week long, all year long, just, you know, I'm, I, I'm worried about going to Texas. Uh, lots of, lots of, uh, the, yeah, I mean, the variant is wild there right now. I had a good friend today who has COVID and has been vaccinated and, uh, we're vaccinated, uh, and it, it, it's worrisome. So, uh, was I right? Am I wrong to that, that? My first reaction was good. Um, I mean, yes, it is. Is it? <laughs> yes. I mean, I just think wishing evil on people is bad. Like I, didn't, I don't, I don't wish him anything except you know to have it and to have to acknowledge it and but that I it see, is a dangerous. That it is dangerous. He's anti-mask. He goes out without a mask, and he's got COVID. So I don't I feel bad that I feel okay. But about I think it, it goes the opposite direction. He's vaccinated, so he's not going to have a bad version. So it's going to be exactly see, nothing to see here. Exactly. So that's why I don't feel bad about him. He, but but if he had been careful, if he had been masking when he goes out right. or in his meetings, perhaps he would not have it. So I'm just saying he is a lesson against what he is for. I know, but I'm saying I think the lesson is the opposite. If nothing happens to him and he has no symptoms, it just reinforces like I'm do what I'm doing is working and it's fine. Okay. I think people have to see people get, you know, we're hearing all these places where People are deathly ill wishing they had it. Unless he's one of those people, I don't think it changes the messaging is, well, is the problem there. You know, it's like when Trump, you know, hid. I, I realize that, but I, I, I respectfully disagree with you because I feel like that what he has said is with, with the schools and everything is do not mask. You do not have to mask. That right. is the big thing. The Supreme Court in Texas ruled in his favor this week, but right. I'm saying if he had mask, if he had, he probably would not have COVID right now. So right. he is showing us that he's wrong. That's what I'm saying. I know, but he's only showing people who already think that the people that haven't gotten vaccinated, the people who aren't wearing masks, if he does not get sick, they get to say, see, it doesn't even matter. All right. Well, you know, then they should like get vaccinated. Then they should get vaccinated. And, uh, and, and let's go back to what you originally asked. What, what George Takai got in so much trouble with. I mean, here's, here's a stat today. In Alabama, right now, in Alabama, they have like around, I think it's 1,562 ICU beds. Yeah. 16, I mean, 1,560 are taken. So yeah. suddenly these anti-vaxxers are getting all of these beds and your mother needs a bed and there is not one available i i think you might say you know fuck you yeah i you are not alone in that but it's like c rob said the governor of oklahoma had it but didn't it didn't change anything there you know it's but jesse said i agree with you Dell. couldn't happen to a more deserving person thank you jesse <laughs> erica said he was with a group of people unmasked in collin county last night James so he, he literally spread it because he's vaccinated and the narrative will be God saved me. Yeah. So it's possible he was spreading it around last night. There's no yeah, telling. So he, 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 he was spreading it last night and, and he's got a lot of constituents who are not vaccinated. So he could be, he could have given death to some of his constituents. Yeah. John said, I think that if somebody doesn't get vaccinated, then they should be put at the back of the line when they start having to ration care. And that's what George's tweet is really about, right? It's, the, it's about what do we do when the resources are limited? However, the challenge is we cannot have doctors and emergency personnel like, you know, like putting that decision into those hands. It sort of just starts to feel like hyperbole and we've got to just see what we can do to get the last of these people vaccinated because you know there's kids erica's talking about the kids these young kids getting it is the worst yes. and more than half of states don't aren't reporting on like kids so we're not even going to have good tracking on that 
and that's it's going to uh, continue to be a very hot topic y'all absolutely and, uh, and we can all have strong opinions about it but the main thing that i have to say is as i go out into the world today i went out into the world for the first time in a very long time i had a mask on everywhere i went in the stores even on the streets because i don't know how close these people are and it's about taking care of myself and taking care of other people in case i were like greg abbott who had it last night spreading that shit around because he didn't have a mask on yeah well and it's also each of us reaching as far to the edges of our networks as they go right because there are like grifters that are using this opportunity there are also people that are stupid and misinformed by the news outlets they receive. I mean, the number of pe these people that you've seen in the South and hospital saying, I thought based on what I, I wish I'd known, you know, so that's where I go to. Like, not everyone that's in that camp is in that camp because they know better. It's, they have been led to believe by the people in their communities, by their religious leaders, by their elected officials, by their news sources. And for me, it always goes back to the way we can counter it the best is to reach everyone we can personally reach. And hopefully through all of our networks that gets as far as possible. Well, I was talking to our friend Stuart this morning and he told me this horrifying story that um, his his uh, 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 former or his sister-in-law uh, had been attacked on Facebook by this this high school friend who was an anti-vaxxer, anti-mask. And yesterday was his funeral. He died of COVID. And uh, his his wife posted a picture of their three children at the funeral and said, get vaccinated. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's like the thing that makes me bonkers. I watched a woman, her husband in Texas, Pat, involved in a church, and she said, and we're praying. I'm like, look, that God right. you're praying to gave you good sense, and medical advances are a result of the gifts of the Spirit and the fruits of people's talents to take advantage of. Well, I have to say, I, I contributed to, help, to, to, to a friend who didn't have, wasn't vaccinated and and I'm so happy she got vaccinated yesterday. And I, I really talked to her about it. And it wasn't just me, but uh, I did it in a respectful way and said, this is this is why you, you should. And uh, anyway, all right. But with our wider culture, I just all feel like that's the only avenue left, you know, is reaching the holdouts that we have any connection to personally. The and, and, and doing it in a way that, that, that like, you know, people don't respond when you say you're an idiot. They don't. Yeah. But if you do it in with reason and you go, OK, this is why I think you should. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you're not going to be able to work as an actor. Yeah. You're not. If you're an actor, you're not going to be able to work if you're not vaccinated. That's where we're going. Many, many shows, uh, Actors' Equity. I mean, and I know we're, we're way over time right now. So um, shall we move on? Yes. Okay. Thanks, Hobby. Hobby well, also, here. Everybody here, like we all agree on the fundamental, we're all vaccinated, whatever. But, you know, for the best interest of all of us, that's the point of the chats. All right. Megan Somerville started working at Hobby Lobby in Illinois in 1998. She disclosed that she was transitioning in 2009, began receiving medical care in 2010, legally changed her name, ID, and government documents by the end of the year. Now, she informed her employer, Hobby Lobby, that she would be using the woman's, women's restroom. They were fine with updating her file, but they said she needed legal authority to use the bathroom, so she brought her state ID, social security card, order of name change, copy of her Illinois Human Rights Act that had passed that year and her medical doctor's confirmation of her identity. Uh, but that was denied. She was denied. Uh, no, you cannot use the women's restroom. So, uh, so she had to limit what she ate and drank at work, started having headaches, cramps, dehydration uh, because of it. So in, in 2013, she filed a complaint with the Illinois Human Rights Commission and then in 2019, a judge decided that Hobby Lobby violated the Illinois Human Rights Act. Hobby Lobby was ordered to allow her to use the restroom. They appealed. No, no, no. You can't use the women's restroom. Last month, y'all, a three-judge panel ruled against Hobby Lobby. And now Hobby Lobby, for this stupid decision, 
has to pay damages and attorney's fees for $220,000. That's not enough. Eight I years. hope she got some. That's what I was, what we're, I just was like. That's what damages that. are. That's what damages are. That's what. Oh, damages. Oh, I, I mean, yeah, I just thought it was attorney's fee. Yeah, so she got, yeah, it's not enough. You're right, Emerson, not enough Eight years. She started this in 2013. I mean, good for you, Megan, but Lord, Hobby Lobby, bullshit. Um, this next one's just cute from the world of comic books because I loved comic books growing up. Robin by Wonder. Okay, Robin the Boy Wonder, big news out of Batman world, has come out of the closet as likely bisexual. Tim Drake is one of several Robins across the comic book universe. But in the Batman Urban Legends that came out last week, he rescued a school friend, Bernard, from a cult. Well, Bernard confessed to Robin, Tim in costume, he didn't know it was Tim, that he had a big crush on Tim. And it helped him come to terms with his own sexuality. Well, Tim had a big realization, ran to Bernard's house, Bernard asked him out, and Tim, Robin said yes. Robin by Wonder, coming to a newsstand near you. I just thought it was cute. That is a cute story. Comic books did a lot for me, sexuality, growing up. I mean, all of that spandex and all that, you know, you used to see all the muscles. You could see everything. I got tracing paper at one point and just traced the butts and bulges out of several comic books. I like made my own little at-home pornography. I just, you know, I didn't love comic books except for Archie, Archie's comics. I loved Archie, and I kind of had a, a thing for Reggie. Oh, yes, all times. Oh, no, so many. I mean, everyone, anytime they got like, oh, they had the shirt off and all those. I just think about those artists. I appreciate them. Comic books were my first porn. Well, and speaking of porn, this is a very good segue. Uh, Graham Norton, iconic out TV host and presenter, grew up in rural Ireland. And he said, living, I'm not going to do his accent because I will butcher it, living in a small town in rural Ireland, in the early 80s, there was no context for me to be gay in. So why tell anyone? I would just have them been gay watching afternoon TV or riding my bike into town. He felt that he had no relationship prospects in this small town, that coming out would just have upset everyone without any real benefit. So he decided to go where the boys are. And he came to the U.S. He chose it because he had a gay pen pal named David Villapando, who was being very, very gay, Norton says. Every month or so, I would receive what was essentially handwritten porn on thin blue air mail paper. It seemed that David, David, would be the perfect person to show me the ropes. Uh, never made it to L.A. or to meet his pen pal, but he got to San Francisco before his money ran out. And this is, I just think this is so... This is exactly how it should have been. When he got there, he said he literally got off the bus. He saw a flatbed truck coming around the corner with three drag queens waving and screaming on the back of it. It was a sign, y'all, because he had arrived in San Francisco on the day of Pride. He walked up Market and saw Grace Jones singing on a float. How great is that story? You know, one, the pen pal porn is hysterical, but the reason I put this in is this is exactly what happened to me. Right after I graduated from Baylor, I went to New York for the summer to study with the Atlantic Theater Company to find out if I was talented as an actor or if I had just gotten better and Baylor was like, fine, good, good luck. Um, when I moved to New York, I walked out of the subway with my luggage into New York Pride. Literally, wow. moving in. I don't think you've ever told me that story. I haven't. And I, because I got this little eight by 10 room with a bed and six apartments shared one bathroom in the center of the floor in Chelsea, two blocks from the Atlantic Theater Companies where I was. But I walked out of the subway and into New York Pride. In my mind, there's like penises flopping in my face. There definitely weren't. But it was like, this is so much and so overwhelming. But the exact same thing. Like this just giant. Home sea of homosexuals. Two questions I have for you. Yes. Did you? Uh, did they tell you you had talent? Yes. And did you get laid? Eventually. <laughs> not that day. I did not go back to the parade. Oh, that closet door was still creaky as fuck. It had not been oiled enough to swing very far yet. That was that wow. summer was a journey. But yeah. 
It's like, oh, Graham Norton. Also, that he never met his pen pal. I want to know. Like, I'm like, oh, I, I hope somewhere David Biapondo sees that. And like, we could, you know, he goes on the Graham Norton show. Talk about that porn he used to ride. You know that Graham Norton's a big Sorted Lives the Series fan. So no, he's actually watched. Oh, he loves that. He he had Leslie Jordan on. They showed clips from it. He had Caroline Ray on. He's, a, he's watched every episode. He loves Sorted Lives the Series. This is literally the first time I've heard that. So Amazing. He, he has seen Max, your character. Oh. Max, you're lying. You said closeted fag hating fag. Uh, this next story is just silly and fun, and I loved it. Over on TikTok, some grifter has started a conspiracy theory that cities are only planting male trees because capitalism doesn't want people to get fruit from the female trees, and that explains why hay fever is worse. So their theory is that male trees are producing too much pollen with no female trees to fertilize. Now, anyone who paid attention in, I don't know, ninth grade high school science knows that's not how plants work, but a crop scientist by the name of Dr. Sarah Tabor is a crop scientist and she went on Twitter to explain why this man's a moron and grifting people. She said, most tree species have both male and female flowers, duh, or, and or every single flower on the tree has both pollen and ovaries. There are no male versus female trees for most species. It is impossible to plant only male trees. Trees do not respect the human gender binary, you could say the reason we have so much pollen is not landscaping, capitalism, or botanical sexism. It's just the trees are super fucking queer, and you would be right. And she did say she loved the idea that all that pollen floats around because there aren't enough tree pussies to catch it. But really, it's because wind pollination isn't so great and it has to make a lot of it. Climate change is probably the biggest culprit. But I just love that. Trees are super fucking queer. From a crop scientist. So, so Emerson, I have not heard the word hay fever in years. Really? I did, yeah, it was something I grew up with a, a brother and my dad who always said they had hay fever. Yeah. And I just didn't, I hadn't heard it in so long. So I it, say it all the time because I am so allergic to hay that like I, those Halloween hay, like I cannot go near <clears throat> fall festival decoration. Well, my brother yeah, hay balls around. Uh uh. Did you ever take shots for hay fever? No, like not, not, I had allergy shots that were as a child that were so painful. I hid from my parents on Tuesdays when it was time. I got weekly allergy shots. Really? So okay. So wow. We again another conversation we've never had. So my dad and my brother had to have allergy allergy shots, and I would watch them give themselves. They gave them to themselves. Yeah. And I begged, 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 please let me give a shot. I want to give a shot. And my brother never would let me. But my dad one day said, okay, you can give my shot. Emerson, my dad's arm blew up so big. I don't know what I did wrong. He was so angry at me. And so I have PTSD about hay fever, the word hay fever. Well, of course. Traumatizing. You and your father in shots. It's either like his arm blowing up, your toe blowing off. Like, you don't do that. That's true. That was another shot. No, uh, my dad, because we didn't have, because, you know, we were raising three kids to save money on doctor's visits. My dad tried for a while to do the shots at home with me, but they were so painful. I would hide. And he was like, I cannot have my child, like, terrified of me. I remember one time rolling off the end of the bed while the sheets and comforter were still attached to it, you know, been like laying on the floor hiding from my parents, thinking if they didn't find me, we just wouldn't go to the doctor for the shot. How old were you? I don't know, eight, probably, Aww. nine. Poor little Emerson. I know, I was, I've been a delicate flower my whole life, y'all. So. All right, well, enough about the hay fever. We, th 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 we, I just love a good meltdown, y'all, and this was fun. Uh, Rochelle Kelly, I love her name, Rochelle Kelly, is a member of the Weir School Board in uh, New Hampshire, she thinks students shouldn't be required to wear masks in class and believes COVID deaths are exaggerated. So last month she was arrested during a cough, uh, a cough, a traffic stop. Y'all have to watch this video, it's crazy. She, the stop was for an expired inspection sticker and state registration and she'd been warned about it four days before. Uh, they were issued two citations and then she lost it. She is seen on camera just going crazy and her husband recorded this. She's screaming at the officers like, go of me, you piece of shit, fuck you, you faggot eat shit, you cock sucking dick, and then threatens to sue the shit out of you. 
Yo, she's on the school board. Uh, right. <laughs> like, let's not forget, she is on the school board. Police say she tried preventing them from conducting a vehicle search before having the car towed and uh, that she wouldn't cooperate when she was told she was under arrest. And she didn't. She was all upset that those handcuffs were too tight. So last year, she was also arrested and charged with criminal mischief and disorderly conduct after refusing to leave a playground that was closed during lockdown. Uh, there was a video then of her and others claiming it was their constitutional right to use it. I just wish her name was Karen. I know. Oh no, the poor Karens. It feels like we're finally moving on from them and every those nice Karens can have their name back. I know, that, that was unfortunate. But like, we had two stories about school board bigots this week. There was one I didn't even include from this week. We joke, but like it is horrifying and terrifying that this woman who won, she was warned four days before. So the police are already irritated at her clearly in this small town. Like, just go get your registration fixed, ma'am. And she didn't. And then <clears throat> got arrested. And her immediately go-to is homophobia. Right. You know, like, so are you talking about the Franklin, Tennessee school board? Is that the other one we didn't even get to? I don't know about her. What happened? Uh -uh. No, no, no. You, there's a, that other school you were talking about. You said there was another school board. Uh -huh. I don't know that it, what, what happened in, in Franklin, Franklin, Tennessee. Oh, that was wild. That, how crazy they got. And there was violence that happened. And well, yeah, you know, it's got a bunch of violence, like at the meetings. But I mean, when it's the board members, you know, oh. the, you know, parent like bonkers parents at school boards, you can watch local access live feeds uh, and fuse to your sofa with the entertainment value of that stuff. Like this is someone in charge of deciding what happens with the education of the children of their community. Oh, I, I hope I hope they go through with that arrest. I like in like local stories like that, where they were like, we were just going to give you another ticket after we gave you the warning, but you've ruined my day. So now I'm going to arrest you. I hope they book her. And her face was so red. You know how people's face, it just looks like that they're just going to explode. Yes. And also back to that privilege thing we've been talking about for a year and a half now. And like the, 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 the thought that this white woman can stand there and scream her face off, call a police officer a faggot and all of these other things versus the, the treatment and discussion and fear that black people live with in our culture. You know, that's what I think of every time we see those now is like, I could never, I would, could never, I can't imagine the like feeling like you can behave that way. Well, you know what's, and I know we have one more story to do, but what's really interesting to me about this story is that she, her husband's recording this. And so they had to post it. Yes. She's like, get, get, you know, she's, they said, ma'am, you've got to stop being, she goes, I want to get this on camera. Her behavior was on camera. They posted it thinking that they were going to be, yes. the, they're the victim and the police officer is the villain. And it just, I mean, it's like those people who call you and they tell you this horrible story about this breakup and you're taking the ex's side. You're going, no, no. Oh, yes. I was like, I don't know. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Well, yeah, they think, oh, this makes me look great, which means that she's not even the slightest bit ashamed of saying those things. All right, Rochelle Kelly. Good All right, and one life. last Kelly thing. This rolled across my feed the other day. A Twitter user posted this and said, my artistic idol is the carpenter who carved this image so high up in a church, people didn't know about it for 800 years. For those of you listening later, it is a man with his legs spread whole to the sky and his penis fully carved into the top of this church 800 years ago. Well, y'all, that got people in the comments underneath showing other examples. The one uh, with the butthole fully open there is on City Hall in Cologne, Germany. The one of the one with a tailpipe out his butthole is a stonemason who got screwed out of getting paid. So he made this guy mooning the person's office or room that they would have to stare at it forever. And another on the far right, just people carving dicks out. Horny sculptors, like that olden timey porn, like you had to work really hard to make sculpture porn because you had to work on that for a while. I you know. know. <laughs> with my tracing paper. That like is really hard to cut, to carve a butthole out of granite. Which one's in Cologne? Which one's in Cologne? I've been there to That's that city hall. The one at the bottom center. Oh, that's that's the no, best I mean, one, I think. I missed that all, one. That butthole is all but winking at us. Yeah. But I appreciate, I mean, these sculptors just sitting around, you know, they've done a bunch of cherubs, some devils, you know, a little religious iconography, and they're like, 
Todd, I just need a change of pace. Here's a dick between the legs and a butthole. I loved it. I wish I'd known about it when I was in Cologne. Well, to give you an excuse to go back. So, okay. Excuse me. I'm here for the porn, the sculpture porn tour. Uh-huh. Where you. is it? Where is it? I want to know. Well, y'all, we've reached the end of our show. A huge thank you again to all those who have already tipped today, Ray Jarvis and everybody else. If you waited till the end of the show to do it now, you can send us a tip on Venmo to at Emerson Collins or on PayPal to beardcollinshoresproductions at gmail.com. And if you're listening back later on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, wherever, our tips still work in too. And we will be back on Friday. We sure will. And we will, do not do not forget about Sunday night. It's going to be a really special night for all of us. And 20 years ago, 20 years ago, Southern Baptist Sissies. Yes, Sissies live stream. You don't want to miss it. All right, y'all, we got three more days to get through, and we'll see you on Friday. Bye, y'all. Have a good one. Bye.